the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith politics, 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 history, history, and current events. Current events. Now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick will not be hosting today's edition of Moment of Clarity. Instead, Ed Bondarenka and Phil Stargell will be the hosts for today's program, and they will be joining you shortly. But in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with a Moment on Sports, Part 1. 35 years ago on September 19th, the Michigan Wolverines football team destroyed the Washington State Cougars 44-18, Allen Jefferson tallied 119 rushing yards, 70 of which came on his touchdown run, and Jamie Morris registered touchdown carries of 2 yards and 1 yard, as well as 102 rushing yards. John Colasar caught a 25-yard touchdown pass from Demetrius Brown, who scored on a 12-yard touchdown run and amassed 174 passing yards on 8 pass completions. The Michigan defense recorded 34 tackles for lost yards, five pass breakups, one fumble recovery, and three interceptions. Now, here's your Moment of Clarity hosts for today's program, Ed Bondarenka and Phil Stargell. Arg! Strike the colors, hoist the black flag, we're taking this hour. Arg, matey! Yeah, <laughs> uh, except Pastor Rick is fine, but he's being held hostage at the big house by U of M fans. He cannot get out. Um, we have a guest. He's trying to connect. Uh, Derek, can you try connecting with our guest one more time on Facebook? He managed to get in Facebook. <laughs> My goodness. On Skype and see how that goes. How are you doing today, Phil? Well, I'm doing pretty good. It's a, it's a beautiful day and it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's- oh, thanks, Mr. Rogers. I appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, just doing, uh, just taking it easy and uh, getting ready for a a, a full-fledged protection and uh, of of, uh, the final rights. This, uh, you know, if we don't do something and make a big move, you know, our rights are gone. Straight up the river. Today is Constitution Day, and I got to tell you, exactly. I am relieved because our guest just appeared. <laughs> Joining us today is Pastor Jeff Noble. He's the pastor of Four Winds Church. He's also the host of In the Word on this station, so that makes him a co-broadcaster with us. And uh, welcome aboard, matey. Hey, Ed, thank you so much. So sorry. Man, whenever you put me in charge of technology, whenever I have to do something out of the norm, I'm I'm a I'm a pen and paper guy, and when I start doing this technical stuff, man, I get all befuzzled, if that's even a word. <laughs> well, I was I was going to be a pastor, but then I realized I'd have to give up all my technical skills, and I just <laughs> <laughs> actually my pastor is a he's very proficient with technology. It says pretty uh, good guy, computer programmer, and all that. Um, so, like I said. Welcome aboard. So uh, you are the pastor of Four Winds Church, host of In the Word, Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. And former state representative, so you have some political skills, too. 
Uh, I don't know about skills, but we were there for two years anyway. Okay, well, you know how it works. And yes, so I had talked to you, oh, I don't know, over a year ago in the hopes of having you on uh, Your American Heritage, um, talking about grief. Because I, I know you had recently lost your wife, Myra Kay. I never knew her. Um, I followed you on Facebook and uh, followed her her ups and downs. I know you went through that sense of loss and I've met some other people who have, uh, you know, had that sense of loss recently. Uh, I had a guest, Stacy Ogansich, who lost her husband uh, to uh, actually to medical malpractice uh, regarding COVID as many have. And then, uh, yeah. And then my father-in-law, he recently lost his wife. And I thought, and, and my best friend died. And, of course, his wife, who's a good friend of mine, she had to deal with that. So, you know, you read the Kubler-Ross stuff. And uh, I personally have not suffered from grief. Uh, I lost my grandfather at a young age, lost my mom. But I didn't go through a grieving process. And I don't know, maybe I'm a bit of a sociopath. So I thought I'd talk to yeah. you about it, <laughs> being a pastor. And, uh, you know, some of you asked to counsel others. And who is... You know, that's one thing about most pastors. They can't counsel people regarding marriage and divorce because most of them haven't been divorced. But many of them have lost somebody and know that sense of grief and are good at, at counseling people along those lines. And so I, I thought I'd start us off with a definition of Miriam Webster. This is not the woke uh, definition of grief, thank God, from Merriam-Webster. They haven't done that yet, but it's a deep and poignant distress or uh, uh, a cause of such suffering, uh, life's joys and griefs, trouble, annoyance, and annoying or playful criticism. I mean, it's actually decreasing in, in volume as it gets down the list. You know, you get down to where it's Charlie Brown and good grief. And that's not the grief I was hoping to talk with you today about. And so um, I had mentioned to you that when I was thinking of topics for this, besides the Kubler-Ross stuff, which I'm not quite sure about, uh, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Dabda, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Let me tell, go ahead. No, no, that's, you that's, you're right. That's, that's Dabda. That's, that, that's, that's the five stages of grief. grief. Um, yeah, that's very, you know, and that's thrown around an awful lot. Um, uh, first of all, thank you for having me on your show, Ed. I really appreciate it. You are, uh, uh, you know, a great uh, human being and, and you love God and I'm just very proud of that. So thank you for, for doing what you do and keep fighting that good fight. Um, I think the issue, the, the, the thing that I've learned and the thing that, that, that I've talked with a lot of folks about is that grief is different for everyone. Uh, there is no set rule. There is no set formula uh, there is no, you know, one size fits all when it comes to grief. Um, I had the pleasure and the honor of knowing my bride for 34 years, uh, actually 39 years. We dated for five years before we got married. Um, she is my only wife. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'll, I will be, only will be, uh, yeah. but, uh, unless God has some other plan. But but we had six years of sickness and we were able to talk through, prepare for uh, her, uh, her final homegoing. 
she would joke oftentimes we'd be in the hospital room and she says, I'm already looking for your next wife. And I would lovingly look at her and say, I've already done my time, Warden. Um, you know, and uh, letting her, uh, let it, sorry, my, my phone's going off there. I apologize. Um, but, uh, you know, all of those things, I, I said, I've already done my time. You know, I, I love you. That's good. Um, but I had time to prepare for grief. You know, a lot of people don't have that opportunity. You mentioned your friend that medical malpractice where they go into the hospital and they put them on a ventilator and they die. Um, uh, we had a friend in our church uh, who was who had COVID and they were trying to put him on a ventilator and his wife fought it you know, tooth and nail. And she finally asked, how many people have come off that ventilator? And he said, well, we've had none so far. So it just went on and on and on. Um, Life of a pastor. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that's just the way it is. Uh, I apologize very much for having my phone, um, uh, you know, ringing during the show here. So anyway, I just tell you that, uh, that that's just the way that, uh, that uh, it, uh, it goes. Um, and, 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 but you've, you've got you've to you've meet people where they are. And I had to come to the realization that I was going to lose my wife. And I was going to cherish every day. And then afterwards, I was going to have to figure out what life actually was without her. And it was a slow process. I got with folks that I, I uh, had the similar circumstance. But again, everybody has to deal with different. One lady that we, we talk with on a regular basis, she lost her husband just out of nowhere. Um, the, next, uh, the next person was... Um, uh, you know, had a had a two year plan or two year process, and so it just goes on and on and on. Man, everybody's different, and uh, you've just got to meet people where they are, and uh, and take it one. And it sounds like a cliche, but you really take it one day at a time. But if you keep your eyes on Christ, He makes those days much more valuable and much more uh, much more uh, you know fulfilling, uh, and not so much mourning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, By the way, I want to introduce you to my friend, Phil Stargell, co-host uh, of Moment of Clarity. You know, as you know, we, this is not my show. Uh, I co-host with Pastor Rick Dietering. So yep. uh, we needed some pastoral guidance here. That's why you're aboard. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Phil. Uh, Greetings. Good afternoon. It is a pleasure. I've, uh, we met, I believe, before. But I just wanted to ask you, uh, in your case, uh, after a long successful marriage and and uh, and uh, one of the parties leaves and so you are a preacher you deal with this you you have a a body of people around you and uh, things are just about the same your life won't change so many people uh, that go through this grieving thing, have to grieve alone. You've got a family, a family and a church family. That is, uh, that makes, that's got to make it easier. Plus you've got your relationship with your God. Amen. And you have, you have a very, very good uh, landing in this, but there are a lot of people that uh, don't have that. They, 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 uh, they, once they separate in that, in that time of, of uh, you know, that home going, man, it can be rough. And I, and I know people that have had a rough uh, landings, you know. And sure. Well, along those lines. 
what do you recommend uh, that those people in that position? Well, I, I think it's important, uh, Phil, and it's a real good question because you're right. There are some folks, but but we as a church need to need to play heads up ball. Basically, I am so sorry that uh, uh, <laughs> uh, this just goes on and on and on. Um, uh, oh, excuse me a second before you answer. I think you were on my very first broadcast when I actually wasn't because I couldn't get anything to work. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay. So, but but Phil, to answer your question, I think it's it's important for the church and the people of faith to 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 be to to look for those opportunities with people around us. Because you're right, there's some folks that are by themselves. Mike, I'm telling you what, man, my phone is going to blow up all day today. <laughs> I'm going to turn this thing off so we don't have to listen. There to you that. go. There we go. Sorry, pastors have a hard time doing that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway. Um, but I, Phil, I would just tell you that the church needs to needs to be heads up on stuff like that. There are people around us, you know, I, a neighbor across the street from where I live. Um, you know, I found out uh, two months after the fact that his wife had passed away. And I felt so bad about that because I should have been more attentive uh, to the people that are around me every day. Now, I don't know him very well. I've tried to talk to him and reach out to him. But but the fact is, I had no idea. And, and he didn't bother to share it with me, obviously. But I think the church needs to be more aware of the people that we are around and not let them have to endure these things on their on their uh, on their own but you're right i i have a wonderful church family um you know i've served in this area since 1999 with 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 one basic church it just kind of morphed into other other works but uh, uh the same group of people uh through the years and they were very supportive they all love my wife they tolerated me but they love my wife <laughs> and uh and i have and, a feeling Oh yeah, they 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 just uh, they thought she was the greatest thing since sliced bread, and so did I. But um, uh, but but you know, at the same time, don't discount the fact that that even though you're surrounded by a bunch of people, they still will never know the pain and never understand the 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 issues. Because what you said about life doesn't really change for me. In in a lot of ways, it does. Uh, in a lot of ways, for a grieving individual, we have to understand um, when they're used to, you know, sharing a meal with somebody for 34 years, and all of a sudden you're sitting across the table looking at an empty chair. Uh, that has an impact. Uh, when you go to bed at night and you're used to sharing your bed with uh, with your bride and, and your 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 lover, um, and and then she's not there, that does have an impact. My biggest struggle uh, when she died was at night. When, when everything else was done, when all the ministry things were finished, when all the visits were done, when all the studying was done, and then I sat down, that was the hardest time for me because that's when my mind began to go and began mm. about the loss and the missing her. And I knew she was with Jesus. There wasn't any question about that. And she wouldn't want to come back here for any reason. Uh, but, you know, in quite frankly, in my selfishness, uh, I wanted her here, and, uh, and and when I kept myself busy, I was fine. It was that time at night, just before you go to bed, and and you and you got to go into that room by yourself, and you say your prayers by yourself, and all of those things. 
And it may, you, you just will never understand that kind of pain. And, and we've got to meet people where they are, let them know that they are loved by Jesus, that they are encouraged by the body of Christ, and that they do not have to endure this stuff by themselves. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's fine. You know, and once again, there's, I think I, I mentioned it, you know, there's grief, belief, relief, and I think there's also guilt. And we have time through the rest of this hour to, to talk along those lines. And so to some a number of people I know. In fact, I was talking to my a friend of mine last night at dinner uh, and a new friend we made. Um, and she had lost her husband a couple years ago. She was my fifth grade school teacher. We oh, reconnected. Wow. We went to dinner last night. It was, well, she's about 18 then, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I just had to throw yeah. that in. So how's your guess? So, you know, Mine was she too. lost her husband. <laughs> but it took a while. It wasn't sudden. And I think, as in your case, there can be a distinction between sudden and um, not so sudden, you know, a prolonged right. and you have time to prepare, you have time to prepare. And so in some degree, it's especially if you know that your loved one, this is where belief comes in, especially if you know that your loved one is saved and like Phil referred to, you know, right. it's a home going mm -hmm. and you know that going to cross over God's golden, you know, the golden shore. In fact, doggone it, there was a sound clip that I was going to play and it was actually Rod Stewart singing, um, sing a man of constant sorrow. And he talks about it, you know, and he, it's a very plaintive song and it says, and I'll, but I know I'll see you on God's golden shore. Right. You know, there's, there's that waiting. And so, I hate to ask you this on air live. You can ask me anything, brother. I'm an was open there book. a sense of was there a sense of relief that Myra was no longer in that pain? Absolutely, and 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 again, as a believer, um, as as one, and, and her, quite frankly, I'll tell you, when we first got married, her faith was was so much stronger. Probably even our whole marriage, her faith was stronger than mine. There were times when I wanted to go, you know, God, this doesn't make any sense. And she she would say, it doesn't have to make sense. It's just God's yeah. plan. I mean, so she was she was a an amazing woman. But absolutely, you know, when you when your wife gets to the place where she doesn't really know who you are anymore, and you try to keep a smiling face and you try to keep that positive attitude, she asked me one time, she said, So how many kids do you have? And and I, I said, Well, you and I have three together. Oh, really? So, I mean, oh. it, was, it got really, it, it, it wasn't, it was part of the medication, part of the things they were doing, and they had her on so much medication for pain. Um, but, 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 yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not embarrassed to say that, that there was a moment uh, when she finally passed that I, I said, Lord, thank you. For, for stopping this because uh, for a while they had her in restraints because she would get up out of bed. Um, and, and, and my bride of 34 years and, and uh, for 30 years, you know, we were going to the beach together and holding hands together. And, and uh, then she began to lose appendages and she began to use to lose fingers and, um, and all because of her diabetes and her congestive heart failure and her uh, renal failure and all those things. And, and, and absolutely, I was like, God, thank you so much for taking my lovely bride home because 
it was painful for me to watch her. I mean, literally, I was losing her a piece at a time. And, uh, and, and nobody, nobody would ever understand that or comprehend that unless they've been right there. So, yeah, I, and, I, and I think that's okay because I knew that when she breathed her last here, she was going to breathe her first there. Um, uh, and, 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 and that gave me great peace and great comfort. Uh, so uh, I, I know there is no more pain. There is no more suffering. There is no more tears. You and I got to deal with all this junk here for as long as God has us on this uh, terra firma. But, you know, she is in glory and she is with my father and 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 she will await uh, that time when uh, when she and I can once again see each other. Amen. Phil, you got any comment on that? Well, I'm, I'm uh, amazed and, you know, I've thought about this in in times uh, because I I I not not a regular attendee of of uh, you know any any church and yeah we noticed but you know, <laughs> see Phil we got three services one at six o'clock on Saturday and two one at eight thirty on Sunday morning one at eleven o'clock on Sunday you got choice brother uh, and what you just said it, it it brings home the fact that the reason why i brought it up is because you know uh i've been very fortunate in, in my life uh you know i've had a lot of you know people family pass on but you know uh you know i'm getting up to head age you know and i think that that is uh, one thing that uh, that we all should be looking at is you know, you might have to carry on alone, and boy, you know, it, it probably would help if uh, you did have uh, a regular group of people that you could be around for a while. And I, you know, I, 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 from what you just said, it's astounding that that you. I, I know you got much comfort from the people that were in your congregation. Let me tell you this too. I think this is an important thing because I get calls from funeral homes all the time to come and do services with people that don't have their own pastor. And, and I consider that a blessing to be able to invest in the life of some folks that are at their worst times. And, and then what I will do is I will try to bring them comfort. But they'll oftentimes ask me, is my loved one in heaven? And, and I, I don't know, I can't make that decision. If they didn't have a personal relationship with, with Jesus Christ, then no, they're not in heaven. But I'm not going to tell them that. But what I am going to tell them is I said, here's three things that I think your love would want you to know. Number one, Jesus Christ is exactly who he says he is. Number two, that heaven is a real place. And number three is today is the day to make that decision to follow Christ. I said, that's what your love would want you to know. Now, it doesn't, I didn't tell them that they were in heaven or that they were in hell, but that is the truth. Wherever they are, they know that Jesus Christ is exactly who he says he is. They know that heaven is a real place and they may not be there, but they know now that heaven is a real place. And they know that they should have made that decision while they still had breath in their lungs and not stepped off into eternity without that. So I think those are wonderful opportunities to remind folks, you know, when the Bible says today is the day of salvation, we need to emphasize that and encourage folks to, to make that 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 uh, decision uh, to walk with God. That way, when you get to the end of your lives, 
there's not someone up there lying about what kind of a great person you were. They know you, they loved you, they invested in you, and, and they can tell the congregation, yes, they knew Jesus, and yes, they are in the presence of the Lord. And that was great comfort to me with my wife. I didn't have any question that she was going to pass into glory and, and, and go from life to life, just like the Bible said. And there's great comfort in that, man, a whole lot. We have about a minute left um, before we go to commercial break. And I'd, I'd like to open the phone lines up, 734-822-1600. Now, I'll be frank, I don't want to hear your life story, but if you have something to contribute, you know, uh, some insight you have about grief or a question for the pastor, please join us. Come on back in about 30 seconds, right? The music started. I don't hear the music, Derek. Okay, thanks. Join us with Pastor Noble and with uh, Phil Stargell and myself, Ed Bondarenka. Pastor Richard Dietering on Wham. Pastor Rick will not be hosting today's program. Instead, Ed Bondarenka and Phil Stargell are hosting, and they will be with you shortly. But in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. Ninety years ago, on September 23rd, the Detroit Tigers annihilated the St. Louis Browns 12 to nothing. Frank Doljak, Billy Rogel, JoJo White, Nolan Richardson, G. Walker, and Gene DeSaltels each drove in at least one run. Doljack utilized a pair of singles to plate Charlie Geringer, Earl Whitehill, and Harry Davis. Rogel doubled to send home Davis, Frank Doljack, and Walker. White singled to score Geringer and Doljack. Richardson singled to plate Billy Rogel and doubled to send home JoJo White. G. Walker singled to score Davis and DeSaltels doubled to plate Nolan Richardson. Whitehill allowed three hits and recorded two strikeouts for his 16th win of 1932. Now here's your Moment of Clarity hosts for today's program, Ed Bondarenka and Phil Stargell. Hi, welcome back. Our guest is Pastor Jeff Noble, Four Winds Church, and we're talking about grief. And I wanted to... Uh, Play something for you I talked about earlier, and let's see if that works. Show. 
Yep, yep. So there is that promise. I'll see you on God's golden shore. Unfortunately, in the song, he goes on to talk about robbing the next day's mail train, but that's a whole different story, isn't it? That song in the Baptist hymnal, that's for sure. <laughs> so, um, once again, folks, if you want to call in 734-822-1600 is the number. And uh, we're not going to do grief counseling, but uh, there are people who, there are different things that happen here. Even people who believe in God. I mean, one of the Kubler-Ross things, anger, uh, bargaining, depression. I've, I've seen it in some people I've known who had a sudden loss. And it's like, what's God doing? You know, what, why did God do this to me? As if, you know, we deserve better. That's an interesting take in itself, just that we feel we deserve better. And uh, I think sometimes, especially in the American gospel, we think we have stuff coming to us because we've gotten so used to having stuff coming to us. But, you know, to get angry with God, it's, I know that David got angry. One story I'm hearing a lot from a lot of preachers on air this week are uh, the story of the cart and the covenant and uh, the driver reaching over to keep it from falling. And basically God strikes him dead for violating mm -hmm. his law. And David gets angry with God, says, that does it, cart stays here, you know, walks away. Wasn't exactly grief, but there's that anger with God thing as if we know a little bit more than God knows or... To some, you know, then there's questions about, well, will I be with my husband or my wife in heaven because there is no marriage in heaven? And, you know, you want to dissemble on that a bit? Me? Yeah, you. Yeah, I'm okay. not asking Phil. Phil doesn't go to church. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I look at I look at the the ability. You know, I I think it's kind of a a moot point to be angry with God, but I think God's shoulders are big enough to handle it. And I think there's times when we all kind of say, Lord, I don't, I, I mean, there were many times when I was leaving the hospital, you know, and I was saying, Lord, I just don't understand this. You know, I, I don't get why, you know, and, and you begin to say things like, you know, we, we prayed for healing and, uh, and, you know, and sometimes God says yes. And sometimes God says no. And, and I just wasn't really ready for the no answer, but, but I think God's, Shoulders are big enough to handle uh, us being able to vent to him, and he loves us nonetheless, and and he he uh, gives us that that ability to come before him with confidence. And so, uh, and I I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, God, I don't get this, but I'm going to trust in you nonetheless, and I know that you've got a plan and a purpose. Um, and then uh, you know you you mentioned the. Uh, the uh, denial and anger and bargaining and depression and, and uh, uh, acceptance, all of those stages, those can fluctuate as well. You can go in and out of different parts of that uh, throughout the whole process. But I don't think you ever, I mean, I'm a year and a half after my wife's passing and, and I, I, I guess I've accepted her passing, but I, I'm, I'm not accepting, I'm not, I'm not at, well, I can't say that either. Then there is a there is a weird there is not a new normal that everyone keeps saying. Well, you got a new normal now. You got to get find that new normal. It, it's going to be normal, you know, until yeah, I go be with and and I'm not going to. She's going to be my wife in heaven, but my best friend will be there, and uh, and uh, my sister in Christ will be there, and I, I find that very comforting as well. So, um, 
you know, I, 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 I guess we just have to be willing to, you know, Job said it best he, he, when his wife said, why don't you just curse God and die after he'd lost everything? I mean, everything that he had, except his wife and he, and they're standing on the hill looking over their, their, their entire uh, uh, fortune and fields and, and flocks and all that. It's all gone. And he, he, she says, why don't you curse God and die? I don't think she was being like sarcastic and just, well, you know, God's being mean to us. I think she was just worn out. I think she was just down and, and she was looking to her husband for some comfort. And her husband says, he says, he says, woman, are we supposed to just take the good and not the bad? You know, I, I understand that this is something that we as Christians signed on to, to say, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. And so he said, whatever you're going to endure, it's already come through my hands before it ever gets to you. So just rejoice in the midst of those struggles continue to worship and serve me. And he says, I will get you through this life. And, and I find that very, very satisfying. And when you get to that place where you can accept that, I mean, come what may, you know, you, you cannot, I just got a letter from the IRS, unexpected tax bill that I wasn't looking for. And my first response was IRS. And I said, you know what? God knew this before the creation of the world. What am I worry about this? It's going to work out fine. It's going to be okay. And I think we have to look at all situations like this. And this is where you get, you get through the grief. You never get over the grief, but you get through the grief. And then you begin to build on what life is after uh, you lose a spouse or lose a child, or lose you know, a, a family member or a friend or whatever, because you've got to continue on in life. He didn't say you get to, you know, you can't just sit soaking sour. You got to carry on. Yeah, the fact of the matter is, uh, unless you decide now is your time to die also, which is, of course, we consider that a sin. It's a, Actually, it's a lack of faith in God. Suicide is actually a lack of faith, and God rewards faith. He doesn't exactly like uh, disbelief, so suicide is you know, a lack of faith. And so you have it's to have faith that God's... For a short-term problem. <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. Long-term solution to a short-term problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, we have a caller, uh, a second-time caller to this show, I think. Derek, would you put our caller on, please, before I get in trouble with her? <laughs> You're on, Sherry. Okay. Hi, Pastor Noble. It's nice Hi, to Sherry. talk to you. It's nice to know that you have family around you. It's, it's wonderful to know that you know that Myra loved the Lord and that you love mm -hmm. the Lord. I, well, the lady that we had dinner with last night that Ed mentioned earlier, and I myself would suddenly had experienced a death that Nobody, nobody expected. The woman last night, her um, brother and her brother's son was killed instantly in a plane automobile accident, train mm. automobile. And my brother, at age 20, was killed instantly when a two-and-a-half cinder block wall fell on him. Mm, I so believed in the Lord, but I did not have a relationship with the Lord. I knew nothing about salvation. And mm. um, 
for three days, my sister, my mom, my dad, and I sat in one place and did nothing. We knew not what to do. Right. And it wasn't until, well, my brother passed away in 1979, and I found out this year that he knew the Lord. So, and, Amen. But my whole family, through this, got saved. Um, mm. Three of us in March, one of us not until a year later, and then from there, extended family got saved. But... I, I know that God took something that was tragic and turned it into something good, and what Satan meant for evil, God meant for good, because many, 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 many people have been saved since then. And But that instantaneous thing is, is really difficult, but, but, and it's wonderful that you had time to spend with your wife. And yes, I'm sorry for the, the, you know, that she's gone, and yet you wouldn't want to bring her back. You know where she's at, and she's happy. And well, anyway, yeah. I just wanted to say hi, and we all love you. The Christian world just loves you, and um, I hope you have the rest of your life as a wonderful life. Thank you very much, Sherry. That is so sweet. You have you have blessed me beyond measure today. God bless you, sister. I'm so glad that I'm so glad that if we don't ever see each other face to face, one day we'll see his face together. How about that? That's right. Praise the Lord. That's Amen. right. God bless you. God bless you too. Thank you. It's an interesting story regarding Sherry's uh Sherry's brother that she didn't share, but that she was looking for a pastor and actually her mom was looking for somebody to do the funeral and they went to the denomination that they had attended they had all been raised in i was raised in and basically the person who would do the officiating i'm not trying i'm trying to be nice here and uh, he said uh, oh well you know you guys haven't really been here in a couple of years you haven't contributed financially uh, shaking your head yeah uh, so, be crazy well, i'll tell you best thing in the world because uh a guy who went on to become the head of the assemblies of god uh, pastor trask of brightmore uh, he said, yeah, I'll do it if I can fit it in. I got to do a funeral for somebody else that I promised her I'd do her funeral when she went. And uh, it all worked out. And, uh, you know, altar calls and, Amen. and uh, yeah, just, uh, and I remember when my dad went, I had a chance to, I wrote about how I led him to the Lord finally, shortly before his death. And I wrote about it and uh, he was a Catholic and the, the priest actually let me, read this thing I had written and posted about, you know, being with my dad towards the end and uh, how I led him to the Lord. And I mean, to have a priest talk about that, you know, let you talk about that to a bunch of people at, in his church is kind of interesting. So, Amen. Yeah. They're out there. They're out there, man. There's wonderful, I've met some wonderful Catholic priests who are born again, and I've met some some rascal pastors in, in Protestant churches that are not are as lost as a goose in the snowstorm. So, I mean, yeah, they're all out there. Not my call. Yeah. My call is just to serve the Lord and love, love, love those around me. So one thing that, you know, there is, is this, this, this guilt that the survivor's guilt, why me? Uh, you know, to some degree, 
we find ourselves surviving our spouse and find out, you know, and think, well, why was it them and, and, and not me? I mean, I haven't gone through that. And one thing that I think of more and more as I, as I approach my 120th birthday, as you were alluding to, <laughs> is, you know, somebody's going to go. Fortunately, I have a very young wife. She is not anywhere near 120. Yeah. But, uh, you know, which of us is going to go? And we have no say in that. And how are we prepared for that? And, you know, I'd, I'd prefer, frankly, I'd hate to say this, I'd, I'd prefer it was my wife because I don't want her to grieve for me. I don't want her to go through that, you know. And yet I don't want to lose my wife and I don't want to go through it. Not our call, like you said. Not our so call. As best, you know, there's a lot of things I go through, I prepare for in life by wondering what I would do in that situation, you know, self-defense, you know, like, you know, enter a room, smile, introduce yourself to everybody, have a plan to kill, kill someone, <laughs> you know, kill whoever, you know, needs it. Now you walk into a store, it's a situational awareness. You look around, what am I going to do here? What do I do there? You're driving. Uh, what will I do if that person cuts in front of me? And, and then now you got to think of what am I going to do if I lose someone how am i going to handle that you can prepare for that mentally it's a lot easier i say it's easier you would be best to tell me but if you're losing a loved one to alzheimer's or in your case to diabetes or or any one of a debilitating disease um you obviously have a chance to prepare for that more but i think it's not a bad idea if you get in touch with god ahead of time get a good relationship with him and hope that you can rely on him to see you through. Um, any of that make sense? Well, yeah, a lot you of You can people, say no. It's all right. No, no, I don't no, care. No, I, just, uh, I, just, I just hope you don't go kill anybody. That's the only thing. I just no, 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 no. Not yet. <laughs> anyway. Um, you mean again? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's right. They never did convict you the first time, did they? Yeah. Anyway. Um, but uh, no, I, I think that we, you know, just going back to the survivor's guilt, I, I never felt, I mean, I, I, and quite unfortunately, you know, my wife's illness were, were a direct result of just her, some of her life decisions. And I would talk to her about that for, for years. Marquette, you know, I would go to the gym and she wouldn't come. And I would, you know, she just, she liked to eat what she liked to eat. She was a Southern belle and she loved her Southern cooking. And uh, she wasn't heavy, but she, you know, she just liked you know, the food that she ate. And, and all of those were contributing factors. And that was the part that made me the most angry was that all of that was avoidable. But, you know, for whatever reason, that's the direction we went. And so, um, like I said we, earlier, she did pass. I wasn't, I wasn't really asking, you know, why her and not me. Um, I, I wish we could have been able to go together. I wish I didn't have to be here by myself, you know. And, and uh, because we had, you know, we had plans. We had ideas. You know, we were going to do this and going to do that. And, and, you know, all of those things kind of went up in smoke. But uh, I guess what I would tell people is, Live life now so you don't have regrets later. You know, if you're going to take that trip, don't put it off. We, we said for years we're going to go. She, she was actually born in Italy. Her father was a military man, and so she was born in Italy. We were going to go back and see her hometown. We kept putting up. Well, next year, next year. We never got around to doing it. So consequently, we never made it. And I think that's where a lot of folks blow it 
is, you know, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the opportunity that is afforded us. We're not promised tomorrow. So live with your, live your life with your spouse, with your family, with your friends, with your church, as if this really is the last day you'll be on this planet. We say that in the church, live as though this is your last day. But I don't think a lot of folks believe it. I just, I'd, put on a lot, I'd put on a lot of weight. I'd, I'm sorry, I, <laughs> this is my last day. I'd put on a lot of weight and I'd quit work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I would probably pig out on chocolate donuts myself, but um, but just just understanding that that every day is a gift, and you know God gave me thirty four years with the most amazing. Oh God. yeah. And, I mean, she was called to be a pastor's wife before I was called to be a pastor. She was actually the one when I came to her and said, "Hey, uh, I really feel like God's called me into the ministry." She says, "I knew that five years ago, but you're just kind of slow." I mean, you know, she that's just what that's just who God made her. Um, but I, I just I just wish folks would understand that that this is the only only promised day that we've got. So utilize that. Make sure you tell your spouse you love them. Make sure you give them that hug and that kiss. And and don't ever leave the house angry or frustrated. Make sure that you don't go to the Bible says don't go to bed angry. My wife and I never did that. We did stay up for three days straight one time. <laughs> um, so I mean, there's just so many things that I think we blow because we think we've got all the time in the world. And the fact of the matter is we don't. So cherish each day. And that's not a cliche, man. I've really learned that. I get with my kids and every day I tell them I love them. I let my grandkids, I love them. They're never going to have to guess if something happened to Papa tomorrow that, that they were loved and that I love Jesus because I tell them that all the time. Excellent. We have a caller, Ruth, who has a comment about grief. Ruth, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, I lost two husbands the first one, 27 years we were married, three children. Right. He was fine when I left for work one morning, and by 3 o'clock he had been repairing our daughter's car, and it fell on him, and he died under it. Oh, the yes. shock of that was terrible. And the um, thing that Jeff has said is so important. Everybody goes through this thing differently. We have to be careful to... Don't say, I know what you're going through, because you don't. Amen. And I got so down in depression that I, I'm a Christian, and I actually said to God, if life is going to be like this, I don't want it. And he urged me to get my Bible. It fell open to the book of Job. Mm-hmm. And I began coming through there, and I thought, well, this is probably a good thing to start, where to start, because Job had so much trouble. And I kept just flipping and reading, and I got to chapter 23. And Job is praying to God, and he said, I look forward, and I look backward, and I can't find God. Mm-hmm. Where are you, God? I was in that situation that day that I said that mm-hmm. to God, if life like this, I don't want it. And God assured me by, uh, I just felt a peace come over me. I hadn't been able to talk to God. I, I said, where are you, God? I can't hear you. And he had gave me a peace that day. And the verse that stood out was, um, you shall come forth as gold. Mm. It's in uh, Job 23.10. 
And what God brought out of that, um, I, I did lose another husband after 22 years of widowhood. God brought another mm-hmm. husband who had a great marriage for eight years, and he died of cancer. I took care mm-hmm. of him 24-7, and it was an entirely different experience of grief for me. The right. pastor asked me to do some grief seminars, which I, I did, and missionaries invited me, and I went to Brazil and to England and presented my seminar and spoke in churches, and grief is the same the world over. The people oh, are, we should... need the same message, and the message you're giving them is great. Be sure you're a Christian, because we're going to have trouble in this life, and the only way to really get through it is with the Lord. Right. So it appears the other thing, it, uh, a couple of things you said, um, talk to God. Tell him how you feel. Tell him you're angry. Right. He knows it already. Sure. And just pour out your heart to the Lord, because he can comfort you in that time. And the other thing that is so important, as soon as you can, reach out to somebody every day, if you can, every week, or whatever you can do. Phone somebody. Send a card to somebody who's lonely. Take a lunch over and share with someone. Do something for somebody else, because you're going to find there are people around you that are worse than you are. So, break. Sorry. Thanks for calling. Pastor Noble, thanks for joining us. Folks, stay tuned for Your American Heritage and come back next week for a moment of clarity. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Derek. Thanks, Pastor Noble. Thanks, Ed. You've been listening to A Moment of Clarity on Wham Talk 1600 with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week right here on Wham Radio 